listening to the Salt and Light podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thank you for joining. I want to read to you out of Habakkuk chapter 2, a scripture that um, when we implement in our life allows us to see further. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Write it down. Write the vision. Make it plain. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Somebody say with me, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Would you close your eyes with me? Let's pray together. God, I thank you that your plans are always better than our plans. And Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you will open our understanding to a revelation of who you are and your will for our lives. Lord, anything that's not yours, anything that wants to hinder, I just pray right now that you will bring freedom so that your word will give fruit. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Somebody say with me, miracles. We're talking about miracles, and specifically in the, in the book of John, how Jesus changed water into wine, and he can change any situation in our life of lack and bring joy. We saw how a boy had two fish and five breads. How many fish? Two. He had little to offer, but he gave it to Jesus, and Jesus gave thanks to the Lord. Man, there's something about being thankful that brings multiplication and fed thousands. We also saw how Jesus healed a blind man from birth that people were, uh, were saying that it was his fault or his parents' fault because of sin they had gotten this punishment. And Jesus comes in and just shifts our theology for a little bit and says, it's not your fault. I can use everything to bring glory to my name. And, and I just want to remind you today that what they did to you does not stop God's plan for your life. And I'm even going to challenge you a little bit more. What you did does not stop the plan of God for your life. Amen. Would you say with me, vision? vision? When we started this church over 20 years ago, our senior pastors, my parents, were crazy enough to buy acres of land in a place where nobody else was buying and putting a tent up so that we can give water and food to people. We're giving water and food in a tent, because I don't know if you know this, but just five minutes from here, there's still people that don't have running water. There's something different about Clint District than El Paso County, yes? And as we were going and believing and giving, there was a vision. Now, I need you to put this in your heart. Sometimes the place where you are doesn't look like the vision got put in your heart. But you have to keep the vision in front of you. You have to write the vision. And Jesus' mandate is for all of us is very simple. It says, go make disciples. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Show them, show them that I love them. It's very simple. What do we need to do, Jesus, to be saved? Love God above all things. Love others as yourself. He says, go make disciples. Somebody say with me, go. It doesn't, say, it doesn't say stay. It says you have to go. I want you to see 
what I have for you. And we, when you go in the vision of God, sometimes he'll send you to places that don't make sense. Come on, some of you guys are next to a person, married to a person that you say, man, this doesn't make sense. But Jesus said, go. Sometimes, some of you guys are in a job and you're like, man, this doesn't make sense. But Jesus said, go. And, and God puts you in places. His vision is greater. His thoughts are greater. But you need to make sure that you write down the vision. What is he saying to you? Now, it's hard to do so. It's hard to write down the vision when we focus on what's just happening in our lives. When we get a microscope and we say, man, this problem, this sickness, this divorce, come on, I'm preaching now. This difficulty financially, this, this situation is just so big. And, and we get a microscope and we make things that are, that are microscopic compared to an amazing God, we enlarge them by staying focused on the problem. Somebody say with me, vision. See, vision casting cannot be about what's happening in my life, cannot be a, a, the way I feel, cannot represent only what I think I can do. See, I remember we went from that little tent and then we got creative enough and we said, you know what, we're gonna put a trailer home, no water, no electricity, and in that trailer home and in that tent, we're gonna put walls. We're Mexican, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll make it happen. And we're putting this thing in. And, and I'm going to tell you this. I need you to get this. Our staff, our volunteers, myself, our pastors, did not feel any different then than we feel today because we knew the vision. And many times we let our feelings dictate and we feel a certain way because of the resources we have or what we think we can do. And we, maybe you get past the microscope, and, and you get, you know, some binoculars, and you're like, man, I can see now. Have you ever been able to get binoculars? And I can see, and I'm able to see further, and I have these things in my life, and I want to get to this. The problem is that binoculars only give us a view of things that we can do or that others have done. If I can put it to you in social media, you start scrolling down, and you start comparing yourself with others. And today, I want to challenge you, say with me, vision, to get a telescope and stop seeing what others have done, what you can do, stop seeing the problem and start seeing what heaven has. And start seeing who heaven is. I said who he is. <laughs> start seeing what he promised for you. Now, scripture says this, that even though you and I are sinners, he gave his life for us. And the promise is that if you believe in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life, not have a good life. A good life is not enough for a heavenly life. And we line up with what he has for us, our vision increases and we start seeing greater things. And I wanna show you a quick video of why we do what we do as a church and why you are called to be the church. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? All right, let's pay attention to this quick video. Hi, my name is Lisa. I've been coming to Manantial since August of 2023. I first heard about the church through Pastor Pepe. He was telling me all about the amazing things that the church does for the community. And I always thought it was really fascinating. And he told me when I was ready that I was more than welcome to come and join the family. I was hesitant at first because I hadn't come to church in years. I've tried church. I tried therapy. Nothing seemed to be helping me to get out of the depressive state that I was in. 
I had been through so much in my life and I always felt alone. I felt like nothing was gonna help to the point where it started getting worse. And I started feeling like there was no need to still be alive. I was exhausted. I had no need to fight anymore, no will to fight anymore. And just when I was about to give up, I met Pastor Pepe. And ever since then, I have felt so loved and so welcome. And thanks to Manantial, I found my faith again. And I've learned that regardless of what I go through, someone will always be there for me. And if no one is there, God will be. It's reminded me that all the challenges that I've been through have been on purpose. It's helped me learn something. It's also taught me that I can help someone else, even if I don't exactly know how or why. But I've always felt like Manatheal has been my home since day one. Everyone there is amazing. Come on, let's give a hand to the Lord for Lisa's sharing. Lisa is my barber. Now I want you to get this. Microscopic view will make you think that you only preach on, on a platform. I know so many people that serve in the church, but have never invited anybody to church. Or they say thousands got saved, but they never shared with somebody the word of God in person. Microscopic view makes you look at little things as if they're big. And to Jesus, it's not numbers, but it's the one that gives a life. That brings, it says, a party in heaven when somebody gives their life to Jesus. Now, Lisa's my barber. She became a widow in her early 20s, after just a couple of years of marriage. So she said, I'm done with church. I'm done with God. Can we be real? Some of us have been there. Things happen in our life, and we don't understand that the enemy came to steal, destroy, came to kill. And we blame God for things that the enemy has done. And as she's going through this process, she gets to a point in which she says, I don't want to live anymore. And I'm here to tell you today that God can bring restoration out of dead places. Amen. That his vision, when you see what he has for you. See, vision is one simple thing, church. Vision is just moving on what he sees. Vision in the body of Christ is just seeing what he sees and if if I can take you further, look at me for a moment. Understanding that he sees you. He sees you. Nobody else sees you, but he sees you. And when you understand that God sees you, <laughs> you understand his plan, his purpose, that even pain has purpose, and you don't stay in that place. Now, it's up to you and I to respond to what he's inviting us to do to be part of the church. The only thing that God builds, that Jesus builds, it says, I will build my church. I will build my church. And hell will not be able to prevail against my church. And when we become part of this, someone like Lisa can come in, someone like you, someone like me can come in and say, I don't know what happened in my life, but now I'm alive again. She told me, I felt numbed. Have you ever been there? I felt numbed, just going through the, everything it just my heart was sinking i didn't want to live anymore but when i said jesus i need you when i became part of the community part of the church everything started changing i'm here to challenge you say with me miracles 
Miracles happen when you are the church. When you just don't just come to church, but you are the church everywhere you go. Yeah. I'm going to read to you a story we've been studying in the book of John. I want, I want you to go with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, I'm going to read several verses. Verse 1 of John chapter 11 says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. It was that Martha and Mary, Martha working, Mary staying with Jesus. Therefore the sister sent him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he, that, that, he, that, he said, this sickness, I want you to get this, that microscope thing that looks so big, it's not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And I'm going to stop right there. I see people here that God has healed from cancer. Raise your hand if God healed you or somebody in your family from cancer. Come on, raise your hand. Raise, come on, don't, don't be afraid. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Give a hand to the Lord. I see, and I, I've walked with, we've walked as a family through several, with several of you. That sickness is not for death, but for the glory of God. But when you're in it, it looks greater. But when, when you just start seeing what he says, this sickness is not for this. And, and please don't misunderstand what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you that that problem is not real. What I'm telling you is that God is more real than your problem. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Then the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and, you, and, you, uh, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because, of, because the light is not in him. These things he said, after that he said to them these things he said and after that he said to them our friend Lazarus sleeps but I go that I may wake him up I love that Jesus sees things asleep when we see them dead I just love that he sees things asleep when we see them dead and he walks in into situations that seem so horrible and so catastrophic that we remain stagnant see when without a vision the bible says that my people perish without a vision people don't move forward vision is simply moving on what heaven sees it's just moving forward but we stay on this problem and this situation and we say uh, god can do anything see as a church we have a vision it's very simple to reach teach and empower generations say with me generations See, because Jesus did not come just to save me. He came to save. The Bible says that God does not want anybody to perish. And he wants to use you and I to show the goodness of God. Now, I want, you to t I want you to understand this. When you are in the problem, you are the problem. You become the problem. And you're not able to see that what God has in store for you, even that, even that horrible thing that you went through, and, and I, I want to challenge you one more time. We talked a little bit about guilt last week, but I just want to tell you this. I was talking to a friend this week. He's telling me, I, I don't deserve to do what God has for me. I know what God has for me, but I don't deserve to do what God has for me. Have you ever felt like that? Like, man, it's just, Pastor, you don't know my past. I mean, I don't have, I don't, re I don't really, I can't share because what I've done prohibits me from sharing especially those of us that grew up in the church we feel disqualified all the time as if God asked you you know 
if God asked you for qualifications before he died on the cross for you. And we feel disqualified. And feeling disqualified, man, can take you to a place that you no longer move on God's vision for your life. It's, anybody in here can be honest with me. Have you ever felt guilty? Have you ever felt guilt? And this is the thing. We know we're guilty. I'm not telling you you're not guilty. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. What I'm telling you is that Jesus paid for that sin. And he can remove your guilt. And he can take away your condemnation. And what that pastor told you, hmm, this is for somebody. That has stopped the ministry it got put in your heart to do. What your parents told you that caused shame in the family. I, I just want you, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting names of authority figures in your life because I need you to get this. What your boss told you that you weren't doing good enough, but you knew that you needed to start that business, I, I need you to put this together. It's not your final authority. Amen. His word is a final authority. And even though they might have right intentions, they're not right. So Jesus steps in into this place, and, and, and we see the problem. I'm, I'm in this microscopic view, and man, Lazarus is dead. And then Jesus comes in and says, but this is not, this sickness is not for death, but he's dead. Yes, but this sickness is not for death, but he's dead. Yes, but this sickness is not for dead. It's so that the glory of God can be manifested. Have any of you ever gone through a hard pro- situation and said, man, God's glory revealed through the hardest problem in my life? Yes. I want to remind you of this because many times we start walking into a place and just like we did into this house. And if you would have been here about 12 years ago, this house looked exactly like what you see across from us. You see that blue building in front of us? Yeah, that needs some help. The cars that are there in front of us. I mean, Church, I've been trying to buy that for the past 10 years. They don't want to sell it. It would look so much better if we had it. And since they don't want to sell us that, we'll just buy what's in front of us over here. Oh, you guys didn't hear me. Why? Because Jesus said, Jesus said, go make disciples. And we start getting to a place and we start seeing it. And like, man, we got this place. It looks good. And we start fixing it. I mean, it looked like that place. You know, it looked like that blue place. And then we make it look a little bit, you know, nicer. So we get stagnant and we're like, this is good. And we start looking and we're like, man, we look at our level, right? You start comparing yourself. To, I, want, I want to just put it to you this way. Many of you lived with a lot of siblings. Some of you like grew up and like you didn't have your own room. You had to share your room. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't be, hey, there's no shame. I'm not, I'm not trying to, sh- to, to throw shade on you, okay? I'm just telling you. I know where we come from. You know, four or five people in the same room. Okay, some of you guys are too bougie for this, okay? But those of us that grew up like this, you know what it is, and we had this, and we little bit of it. And then you start making it pretty big, and now you get an apartment, and you actually have a two-bedroom apartment. You have an extra room, and you're like, I'm good, because I'm comparing to where I was. But that's not what he has. And in the spiritual, we start walking, uh, I don't feel depression all the time, just sometimes, and we stay here. And God wants to take you to a, a greater vision. Yeah. wants to take you to a greater vision, but you have to change your binoculars to a telescope. 
you have to change it. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says that we move by faith and not by sight. We move by what? Faith. Faith. Faith, it, faith is what he says, not what I say. I don't move by fear. I don't move by what I feel. I don't move by what people have said in my life. And many of us struggle because, and I'll tell you this, this is, a, this is something that is hindering your growth and the vision of God in your life, even your marriage and the way you treat your kids. It's because you continue to do things with your knowledge instead of with his knowledge. And I'm going to go even further. You continue to do things in what you know of the word of God, but you're not doing it with his perspective. And you can be right and be completely wrong. Because we act out of our emotions, out of our head knowledge. But when you start spending time with God, I want you to get, I want you to get this. This place where you start spending time with God and you worship him for who he is, you actually open your Bible, you fall in love to meet him, not just to know more, but to know Jesus and to be known by him. And you start seeing what he has. What starts happening is the more, the more I read the Bible, the more I pray, the more I come to church, the more I worship, I start seeing what he has for me. Then I realize that what seems far it's actually close. And because it's actually close, it's heaven on earth, I can actually start doing it today. <laughs> you have so much Bible knowledge, but you haven't brought anybody to church. You have so much Bible knowledge, but you haven't loved anybody for a long time. You love reformed theology, but you haven't reformed your heart. You're talking to somebody that was there. You're talking to somebody that, that's going for his doctorate. You're talking to somebody that knows what it is to study. But there's no point, Jesus said, for you to know all these, the Pharisees, or I'm going to put it the other way, you become so charismatic that you're looking for the next way where you can, the wave that makes me shake, but you're not shaking your sin. Shake off your sin, man. I love you, but I believe our vision is off, off, and we forget that Lisa is cutting your hair, and all she needs is for you to tell her, come to church. Am I preaching to somebody today? To be able to step into the vision that God has for us, we need to understand we have a mission, and the mission is very simple. Jesus said, you're called to be salt and light. Say with me, salt and light. And I need you to get this vision Sunday. If without a mission, your vision perishes. If you don't know how to do it, you don't remember that you are part of it. But pastor, I don't really have much to do. I'm disqualified. My friend telling me all these things. I'm here. I don't think I can move forward. And I tell, listen, what God has for you is greater than what you did. It's greater than what they've done in your life. But until you see what he sees, you're not going to be able to move forward. It's because the problem is we care so much about what people say about us. And God didn't call you to them. God called you to those that are lost. And if you start walking in his truth and start putting this into practice, you can understand in John 11, 38 through 44, as the story finishes in John chapter 11, Jesus says, I just want you to know that he's asleep. I know you call it dead, but he's asleep. Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Man, sometimes we get on this cave. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time, there's a stench, for he has been dead for day, four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, move forward. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, lose him and let him go. Lose him and let it go. Vision is simply moving on what God is saying. It's simply seeing what heaven has for us. And when we start walking in this, somebody say with me, miracles. Miracles are happening on the daily and every day when you do. Man, I used to look at you this way because you hurt me, but now I see you from heaven's perspective and I love you. I used to see the situation in this way. I was in a microscopic view, but now I'm able to see telescopically, man, God is going to use this for good. I used to think I was fatherless, but now I understand I have a heavenly father that never leaves me. I see who he is and what he does and what you pertain for it to be against me. God has used for my favor. But I don't walk only in what I know is a vision. I write down the vision and make it happen. I want you to get this. We get in this place and we get in a container and I'm understanding a little bit more of the Bible and I see what God has for us. And when we're constructing, we'll be seeing things. We see an addition here. We see what's happening outside and we say, man, this is good. People are coming to church. You might say in your life, man, now we can actually go out to eat to Olive Garden. I can take you out on a date, honey. And we love this and we like this and we think it's good, but that God has more. Somebody say with me, God has more. Why? Because God is not limited to what you can see. He wants you to see. Not what you can do, but what he can do. And we're taking this new step into this new building and it looks, to- and it looks totally different. It's like, man, God, how are we going to do this? Do you understand that when you're here, you're in a container because you're, you're in a cave and you think that because you're asleep, you're okay. But God wants to bring resurrection power into your life. And the easiest thing to do is to say, let's stay here. Let's not go for more. Let's not buy that. Let's not get this. But I don't know if you get this. Your grandkids are going to be here. And the problem that we have is that we don't understand that we're part of it, that we are the church. And I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about his church. That as the church increases, your family increases. When you're part of the kingdom of God, we're connected to his, to his DNA, to what he's saying. Open your eyes to see. And then we understand Psalms chapter 2, verse 8. It says, ask me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And then this promise God has made for us and I'm gonna pass it on to you. I pray you receive it. Isaiah chapter 55 verse five says, surely you will call nations that you do not know. And nations who do not know you shall run to you. They'll run to you. You don't have to look for them because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, because of his presence in this place for he has glorified you. Lisa tells me, Pastor, there's something that changed in my life as I get ready to close. Now, those thoughts of suicide that I had, now, those difficult situations in my life, what happened with my husband, and he passed away, all those things make me see the hurt of other people. 
He's like, I don't know how to tell you, but they come here and they sit here, and I can feel exactly what I used to feel, and I start telling them, God loves you. Somebody say with me, vision. (laughs) It's not what it does for me, it's what God does through me. It's what God does through you. And I want to remind you, his vision is greater. And what he has for you in your life now, not tomorrow, now, is greater than what happened yesterday. So I want to invite you to stand with me today. Some of us have been stuck for a long time, saying, okay, God, this problem is too big. Some of us are walking and seeing further than we've done before. But it's not heaven. And I want to wake you up of your sleep today in Jesus' name. Would you close your eyes where you are? I want to invite you to wake up. I want to invite you to start being so preoccupied for things in this world that you're forgetting what we're really called to do. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I know God has more for me, but I've been stuck. I've been asleep. I haven't shared in school with, you, with the people I've, that I needed to share. I haven't invited the people I got. I haven't done what God has. You know, many of us are waiting for a platform, a ministry, somebody to invite us. You don't, you don't understand you are the ministry. You are the church. And it's happening every day around us. This is our vision. Our vision is not what God gives a pastor. The vision is what heaven, what heaven is seeing. People are getting lost. People need Jesus. And this place is a safe refuge. This is a hospital for the soul. I want to invite you to be part. I want to invite you to participate. With your eyes closed today, if you say, Pastor, today, I just need that vision to awaken. I just need that vision to come alive. Can I invite you to pray this with me? Would you say, Heavenly Father, come on, say it loud, say, Heavenly Father, today, give me your vision. Forgive me and cleanse me. Holy Spirit, awaken your gifts in my life for others to see you in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Thank you for listening. Stay connected through our social media and remember, We are family.